0: Praise the Lord. Are you happy to be in our Father's house? Amen. So am I. I want to thank God for the 56 years. Today makes 56 years that he brought me into this world. All glory to him. The enemy tried from day one to destroy me. But God had a purpose and a plan. That's the reason I stand here today. At the age of two, he tried to get rid of me. But yeah, I was alive. When I was 30, then I came to know that I was possessed. God delivered me. And here I am one more time. In 1991, he tried to destroy me again by a severe accident. But here I am one more time. All through, all through. The enemy always wanted to see that he can destroy me. But God put a standard. He put a shield before me. Because he has got a purpose for me. And I pray that that same purpose will be accomplished in your life. Much more than what I have tasted. You will taste God. Amen. Amen. Um, Feeling the pulse of our church... And the heartbeat like a doctor, like Papa, Pastor Leslie would do. If you go to a doctor and you feel, and he touches your pulse. That's what the olden days they used to do. I've touched the pulse of our church and I feel the last message that I gave was on surviving storms. And there was a series of messages that came across. And then I said, what is the one thing that we as a church that are going through? And I have noticed that. We are all going through certain battlefields. Mountains, valleys, desert. A lot of crooked parts, things to make decisions. I said, there's one challenge that the church faces at this time, as a body of Christ, is our faith. Our faith is put to the test. The enemy is one choice. He wants to make sure that he can destroy our faith in God. That's just one thing. No matter who you are, no matter how strong you are, no matter how, what journey you are going through, he one purpose. If I can destroy the faith that he has in his God, I can, get, I can get him not to believe in God. I can get him deviated. So, I'm going to do a series of, uh, of study, not, not sermon, not messages, but we are going to do a series of studies on living a life of faith. That is going to be my series of studies uh, in the next few times that God gives me the opportunity, I will be looking at living a life of faith. But today, I've titled today's message is, A Journey of Faith. Journey of Faith. And I'm taking it from the book of Genesis. So today, we are, since we are going to study God's word, please have your Bibles opened. Have your Bibles opened. we'll turn to Genesis chapter 12. We will read from verses 1 to 9. Take the King James Version, brother. Uh, Genesis chapter 12. Open your Bibles. And we will be looking at verse 1 to 9. Yes.
1: Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of and from thy father's house, and to a land that I will see thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. And make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him. And
0: Abraham, and Abraham was seventy and five years old when he departed from Aaron. And Abraham. and Abraham took Sarai his wife
1: and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that, that they had got. gotten in Haran. And they went forth to. And Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Sheshem, unto the place of Borin, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham. And said unto thy seed will I give this land and there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him and he removed from them unto a mountain on the east of Beth El and pitched his tent having Beth El on the west and I on the east and there he builded an altar
0: unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord And Abraham journeyed going on still towards the south. Amen? So as Christians, we are supposed to live a life of faith. That's what the passage tells us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let us turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and in verse 7, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. If you do not have a Bible, please share a Bible with the person beside you since it's a study. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says that we walk by faith and not by. Walk by faith and not by sight. Now. The just shall live by faith. There are four times that there's this reference. And let us look quickly at them. In in the book of Abakuk, chapter 2. Chapter two verse four the Bible says But the just shall live by by, by his faith. You see that word there? The just shall live by his faith, not someone else's faith. Notice the personal pronoun is that means it makes faith is a personal thing between you and God. That's the one thing that you have to think. You and I cannot make this journey of faith on someone else's faith. You understand? And have you noticed, Pastor said that last week in his message. We can't make that journey on someone else's faith. We must possess our own personal faith in God. Later on in our study, as time goes by, we'll see how Lot tried to live off Abraham's faith at a certain time. So the other three references that we look at, we turn to Romans chapter 1. Brother, what's happened to the screen? Romans chapter 1, verse 17. For in it the righteousness
1: of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the
0: just shall live by faith. You see that again? In Romans 1, 17, this last part, the just shall live by By faith. faith. The next scripture, please turn to your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. And we look at verse 11, the last part, if you see the last part of Galatians chapter 3, turn your Bibles to Galatians 3, the last part. The just shall live by faith. faith." You see, the second time, we find again it's coming. Now, the third time in Hebrews chapter 10, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, the first part it says, Hebrews 10. 38 now, now, now wait brother when it says now now have you noticed that not before you had faith in god before yes but it says now what you shall do yes. the, the just shall live by faith. faith so faith should be constant in you not of the past you got that your faith should be present in whichever situation you are In each of the scriptures it says, the just shall live by faith. If God is repeating himself, have you noticed why is God emphasizing in the scripture so much as to the just shall live by faith? Why is he doing that? What is he trying to communicate to his children? So as Christians, we are supposed to live a life of faith. Listen, we are supposed to live a life of faith. That leads to obedience. Amen? Amen. If you say you have faith, I will ask you, where is your obedience? Your obedience will show me that you have faith in God. Let us look at one more scripture. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8. Look at Hebrews. Turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 and look at verse 8. Hebrews 11 verse 8. By faith, mm, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out
1: to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went
0: out, not knowing where he was going. You saw the key word there? When Abraham heard God's word, what did he do? He obeyed. obeyed. Underline that word in your Bible. Every time you hear God's word, the number one thing you need to do is obedience. Have you noticed that? Now, there are two important things I want you to show in this passage that we read. Number one, when Abraham was called, he took a step of faith, leaving his comfort zone. So, faith, when you are exercising faith, the first thing you will do, you will leave your comfort zone. When faith is a word of action, later on we are going to see this action words means you're going to leave your comfort zone, number one. Number two, Abraham obeyed even though he did not know where God was taking him. He never knew. God never gave him a picture. God never showed him as to where he was taking him. But this man obeyed God. I don't know, there are many people do not like the idea of moving to a new place. If I'm to ask you to go to a place, especially, and you have never heard of this place, and you do not know where it is, what's the first thing that happens to you? Fear. How will I go? What a headache she's going to give me all through the journey. What about these children? They're going to give me a hard time. They're going to ask me for this, that, and I do not know if I have this and that there. So, fear comes into us because it's unknown. I was talking to a brother the other day, two days ago, and he says that a man of God told him that he was coming into this country.
2: And for sure he would have had the fear. Amman
0: was Amman. I could not find and the first thing when i entered oman believe me this is truth from this airport to al-bustan i prayed not in the spirit i never knew the lord at that time i said lord i hope they're not kidnapping me (laughs) i told my friend be careful be ready if anything happens we will fight this is truth truth just be ready because that time in 1985, driving from the airport to al Bustan was a lonely road. Now you see beautiful things. But at that time I said, be ready. I also moved my, my seat close to him. Because of fear. And when I looked at al Bustan, I said, definitely something is wrong here. Because back at home we see small hotels. Very tiny ones. And that's what we call a hotel. And here we see a mansion. Imagine how surprised we are going to get when we go to heaven. Have you ever thought of that? If you had walked into Al-Bustan, you would say, wow. Just imagine Evan, wow, wow, wow. We will go on. Now, as Christians, we have been called to a journey of faith that goes through this journey. And as we go through this journey of faith, we allow the light of Christ to shine forth out of us. That witnesses to people and brings people into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen? The second thing, as a church and as an individual, when we go through this journey of faith, we are supposed to bring healing to the people around us and healing to the nation. And that's the reason God keeps the church in a nation, so that we will bring healing to the nation. And that's the reason, when the church calls to pray, you must understand that.
2: Supposed to bring healing
0: to the nation. Can
2: I hear an amen?
0: The journey into the unknown always brings fear into the heart of man. Now, faith and fear cannot coexist in the same house. Either one of them must go. That's the reason you'll find Christians totally cuckoo in their right because they keep faith and they keep fear and they try to dwell together in the same body. They are so confused as to when God talks to them. You cannot have both. One of them needs to go. But when fear invades us, we have to recognize as to what is the source of this fear. Let us quickly turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and see verse 7. What the Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let us turn to verse 7. Are you there? For God has not given us a spirit of fear. One minute, brother. Who has not given you a spirit of fear? Now, you understand? For God has not given to you a spirit of fear. Yes, brother. But of power. Of power. And of love. And of love. And of a sound mind. So, we see that God has not given us the spirit of fear. That means the opposite. It is Satan who brings the spirit of fear into us. You got that now? So, whenever fear comes, it's not from God. It's from the
1: Evil
0: evil one. Thank you. No, God's goal is to give us one thing. What is God's goal? If God's goal is not to give us a spirit of fear, then His goal is there in the scripture, it says He'll give us a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. Now, Satan seeks to bring fear into our lives so that it can become the opposite of faith. Have you seen that? No. If God is not the source of fear, then what is He the source of? If God is not the source of fear, then what is the source of God? Let us look at it. Again, we will look back at our scripture in 2 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, where it says, if God is not the source of fear, you see that word, He is the source of power, He is the source of love, and a sound mind. You see that? If He is not giving you this, He is giving you the source, the energy, the power of fear. Power, love, and a sound mind. Now, let us look at the first word, power. God is a source of power. Now, we know the Greek word for power is dynamis. We know that. That's the Greek word. Now, the other meaning for dynamis means dynamite. That's That's where that word came, dynamite. Now, this word dynamite or dynamis, what does it mean? It means miraculous power. It means ability. It means abundant strength. Abundant strength and might. That's what God has given to you and me. In abundance. A Christian life is not supposed to be a life of mourning, but it's supposed to be a life of excitement, like Pastor Sean. Have you seen the moment you see him, you see excitement. You see Pastor Sean standing, you your leg starts dancing. Amen, Amen Pastor? Amen. Amen. We are not supposed to be walking about with gloom. So the moment someone sees us, they don't want even to talk to us. We, we are so sorrowful. Like Mother Mary died. Father Abraham died. Everyone died. So we are, sor- we are not supposed to be like that. People should... Let me ask you a question. If I have Brother A and Brother... I not give names. Brother A, Pastor Sean, okay. Pastor Sean and Brother Claudie. Brother Claudie always walks with a face so downcast... You look at him, you won't eat for another few days. Then you got Pastor Sean, bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. And every time words come from him, words of faith comes out from him. Words of joy come out of him. And you are in the center. Who would
3: you choose?
0: Both. Oh. I love you, whoever that is.
2: <laughs>
0: Amen. We will say, I'd rather go to him. This guy will bring me sorrow. I'm already sorrowful. We will both be sorrowful. But we will choose Him. So the thing, question is, we've seen Philippians, don't read it. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. What it says? I can do? Have you seen? Who? who? By? Christ Jesus. Who? Christ. You've seen that word? God gives us the strength so we can do all things. Amen? The second one we see is we've seen power. Now let us look at love. Now, the Greek word for this love is the agape love. What is this love? This love is a self-giving love. This love is a sacrificial love. It's about sacrificing. And this love is because of Jesus and not because of you and me. God gives us that love. He gives us that love that no matter, regardless of what you have done in the past, regardless of what you are doing in the present... But I still love you. Amen? amen? You can tell that to your wife. Honey, no matter what you have done. No, n- normally w- women tell this to men. Honey, no matter what you have done to me, you have hurt me. You have ridiculed me. You have always put me down. I still love you. Amen? 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 Very less amen. <laughs> because the sisters are saying, What you know what I am going through? <laughs> Come come home and see. Then that agape love will fly away. (laughs) And the wrath of God will fall. The third point we see is sound mind. What God has given us. God has given us power. He has given us love. And now He has given us sound sound mind. What is sound mind? Sound mind basically means self-control. Brother, please close that door. Self-control. The ability to control your emotions Listen to this very carefully. Don't look at the door now. Jesus is not there. He's here in our midst. The ability to control yourself, okay, the ability to control your feelings, the ability to control your thoughts is a sound mind that God gives to you and me. No matter what be the situation, no matter what be the circumstances you're going through, but you will have a sound mind in all the situations God has given me the grace. That I will not become boisterous. I will not flare out in anger. But I will have the presence of God to guide me. Amen? Amen? God gives us the grace to master our mind, to master our hearts. Now, that's only the introduction. Now, we, shall we start the message? The message now starts, is the first point is, in the journey of faith is the call of faith. The call of faith. Next point, Hebrews chapter 11, we will not read it, we, we just now read it in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. We see what was the key word in that phrase? Abraham obeyed. Thank you. Who said that? God bless you. Abraham obeyed. Pastor Abraham obeyed. Have you heard that? So we see now, look at one more scripture. Let's run back, rush back to our text. Genesis 12. Let us quickly go back to our text and we've been looking from our text now. Genesis 12 verse 1. And the Lord said unto Abraham, what?
1: Get out of your country.
0: Now, number one, what did he say? Get thee... I want the uh, uh, NIV, brother. I mean, sorry, uh, King James was saying, Get thee out. Out of thy country. Okay, have you seen that word? Get thee out, number one. Number two?
1: And from thy kindred.
0: Number two, out of your kindred. Number three? And from thy father's house. And if you get out of these three places... Unto he doesn't say, "I will bless you." You see that? Unto the land I will, the... I will show you. You get out first, and I will show you after that. Okay. Now, before I get any further, I want you to notice the time of Abraham's call. Look at verse four. Look at the time that God called him. Look at four, verse four. The Bible says in verse four, Abraham. Abraham was seventy-five years old when he departed from Aaron. Look at the age that this man is leaving. The point that I want to emphasize is, it's not too late to start your journey of faith. Can I hear an amen? 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 Many people are missing out on God's blessings just because they feel either they are too young or too old. If you, call, if you talk to the youngsters, the things that they have now, they don't need God. You call a youngster and ask him, come, let's pray. He's playing with his gadget. That's enough. That is his God. You call the older one to say, he says, I finished all this. I prayed many hours. What do you know what prayer is about? You ask my father how I prayed. He feels it's too late. Both extremes sometimes fight to make changes. Now, there's another one. There are workers within the body of Christ. Christ. That have not answered God's call. They are very happy sitting in the house of God. They, they are comfortable. They say, why do you disturb me? Simply wife, every time from the altar you say, God is calling, God is calling. I am comfortable here. I came to this land to make money. And they feel, don't be an entrance to me. I am comfortable doing God's work by sitting in the church. That's the second one. But if you are one of these groups... And if the Lord is talking to you, don't think that you're too young to accept God's call. Don't think that you're too old, And don't think that you're too righteous also to accept God's call. God calls us at whatever situation we are. The question is, are you ready to listen to that call today? Amen? Amen? Now, the journey of faith began with Abraham, with the call of God. Number one, what is the call of God? Number one, it's the call of salvation. Next slide, brother. The call of salvation. Abraham was to leave the influence of the pagan society that was behind him. Abraham was, understand, Abraham was not raised in a godly home. Abraham never had godly parents. He was serving idols in his house. To show the scripture, let us quickly turn to Joshua chapter 24. In the last part, when Joshua is ending his journey, he tells about where Abraham came from. Joshua chapter 24, verses 2 and 3. Joshua talks to the people and says, listen guys, we should know from where we came from. Let us not forget where we came from. Let us not forget where our father forefather was. Yes, brother.
1: And Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord God of Israel, your fathers, including Sarah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants, and gave him Isaac.
0: Amen. Abraham lived in Ur of the Chaldees. A city that was was devoted in worshipping the moon god Nana. N A N N A R O N A N N A. There's two words. That's the God that Abraham worshipped. When God called Abraham, answered. Abraham's response was of one of faith and one of obedience. Two were, were in that. Now, faith is based on the word of God. That leads to obedience. Faith is based on the word of God that leads to obedience. If faith does not lead to obedience, then it's not genuine faith at all. You got that? If there's no obedience, then I will say your faith is counterfeit. Because I don't see obedience. If you can't love your wife, And if you can't honor your husband, I will question your faith. Because faith tells you to leave darkness and cling to light. If you can't submit yourself to authority at your work, I will question your faith. Because God says to honor the people that you work under and not complain. If you can't love your children, I will question your faith. Because God calls you to love your children. Before, in the darkness, you could not love these people. But now you are in the light and you are commanded to love them. Amen? Amen? Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9.
1: But you are a chosen generation.
0: Wait. You are a chosen generation. Yes? Mm.
1: A royal priesthood. Mm. A holy nation. His own special people. Mm. That you may proclaim the praises of him who, who called, called you. Out of darkness darkness into into His his marvelous marvelous
0: light. Light. Amen. When you are in the light, there will be no anger in you. There will be no evil in you. There will be no discord in you. No matter what they do, you will have the love of Christ to love that person, even though that person has hurt you. And if you say, no, Brother Claudie, you do not know what he has done, the way he spoke to me. Yes, God knows it. But He has given you His heart. To love that person, even though you cannot love him, or he cannot be even loved. Even though he cannot be loved, your duty is to love. Your duty is to submit. If you are a worker and you are getting angry with your leader because your leader said something, and if you cannot submit to your leader, where is your faith? Where is your faith? My next point is, we see in a call of salvation, the next point is the call of Separation. God calls you a salvation. Separation means get out. Get out. Look at it. When, I, when, we, when you and I are saved from a life of sin and corruption, therefore we have to be separated from sin and corruption. Amen? Amen. We should not let sin and corruption hinder us or pull us down in this walk of faith. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verses 16 to 18, quickly, my brother.
1: Or do you not know Hmm. that he who is joined to a harlot Hmm. is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him.
0: Uh, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? That ye are the temple of the living God, and the Lord says, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out among them and be. Separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. What, why is God saying, don't touch the unclean thing? In the darkness, you touched those things which were unclean. You did the things that the world did. But when you come into the light, God says, don't touch them. Did not He tell that to Eve? Don't touch. So the, the Bible is repeating here, don't touch them. In this above verses it says, what fellowship does righteousness have with unrighteousness? What communion does light have with darkness? So, if you say you are born again, you're walking in faith, I will ask you, where are you now? Are you still having one foot in the darkness and one foot on, in the light? Are you in both places at the same time? Are you living with anger and love, disobedience and obedience? You can't have both. It's either you disobey. Walk in the darkness, or you obey and walk in the light. Amen? Look at 1 John chapter 3 verse 9. 1 John chapter 3 verse 9. Those who have been born of God's family do not, do not commit sin. Thank you, my brother. Those who are born of God's family will not commit sin, no matter what type of sin. And you can justify yourself with all the types. But it says, you will not sin
1: because
0: because God's life is in them. So they cannot keep on sinning because they have been born of God. Have you seen that now? You can get angry with your wife only once. But not every day. You can be angry with your husband only once. After that, you're keeping on sinning on the same matter. Maybe today, if he comes late, you can get angry with him. Tomorrow, if he shouts, you can get angry with him. But not on the same issue. I give you permission to get angry twice now. The third point is, we sing, a call to service. A call to service. Let us scream beyond, brother. A call to service. Thou shall be a blessing. God saved us and sanctified us that we could, be, we could live a life of service, number one, to God. In service, number one, to humanity. Many people feel and believe they cannot use, they cannot be used in that capacity. Therefore, they go through a Christian life thinking that they are useless and they are not good for God's kingdom. However, it's not true. God has called you and, my, and me to a life of service. To a life of service. So, what service is that? Who are we to serve? Number one. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 9, we are to serve God. Who are you to serve? Number one, you are to serve God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 9.
1: For they themselves declared concerning us mm. what manner of entry we had to you mm. and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So
0: to serve yes. the living and true God. So our first service is to serve God. Not your bank account, not in the houses that you have accumulated and still want to accumulate, but to serve God. And once you serve God, God will enable you to do another service. And the second service is to serve each other. Have you seen that? Turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And look at verse 13. Turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. If you see your neighbor not doing something and you know he's not having a Bible, please share the Bible with him. Please share the Bible with that person. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13.
1: For you, brethren, have mm. been called to liberty.
0: You're called to a liberty, okay.
1: Only do not use liberty as an opportunity
0: to for the, the,
1: for for the flesh. flesh.
0: That means to gratify your flesh, but... But, but through love, mm. serve one another. Amen. Amen? Amen. Thank you. You're awake. When we serve one another, I want to show you something. We are serving God. Amen? When you serve your brother, basically you're serving God. I'll give you a scripture. Turn to Matthew chapter 25. And I'm going to show you two important scriptures when you serve your brother, what you're doing. Matthew chapter 25, verse 40. Look at that. 25 verse 40. I want husbands and wives to show, show your Bible to the next person if they are sitting beside it. Because the Lord Jesus said, "Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto." Amen. So when you serve your husband and your wife or your children, your master, you are serving God. Amen. amen. How soft the amen goes! Keep on going down. Even Pastor Sean has gone down. Let us turn to one more scripture and we see when when we fail to serve one another, what happens. See the consequences when we fail to serve one another. Go back still the same scripture, Matthew 25, and look at verse 45. See verse 45, it says, In as much as he did not do to one of the least of these, he didn't do it unto me. You see that? When you fail to help your brother, you're failing God. That's the thing it says. But when you, when, when you go the extra mile to serve your brother, you are serving God. That's the reason the Bible says, when I was hungry, you fed me. And You say, Lord, when did I do that to you? When you did it to the least of my brethren. You did it unto? Amen. My second point, I'm only now at the point number two. The covenant of faith. What is the Covenant of faith. Verses 2 and 3, brother, Genesis. It says, And I will make thee. I will
1: make you a great nation.
0: Number one, I will. I will bless you. hmm. Number two.
1: And make you your name great. Yeah. And you shall be a blessing. Amen. I will bless those who bless you. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. Can you
0: see that what God is telling? I will curse them. That curse is you. you. Can you see that? Look at the protection. Continue, brother.
1: And in, and in you, mm. all the families of the earth shall be blessed.
0: Now, I want you to notice one thing. God has asked me, Abraham here in, in chapter 12 to go forth. Chapter 12, verses 2 to 3. But God did not confirm it until chapter 15. Only if you look at chapter 15, was this... Obedience. Amen. The word covenant, what is the meaning of covenant? Number one, covenant means I eat with. That means I suggest I'm going to have fellowship and there's going to be an agreement between you and me. That's the reason the Arabic culture do business with them. The moment the business is done, immediately they break food with them. That's what they do. That means there's a covenant made. Number two, Means covenant means to bind to make an agreement between two people. God makes an agreement with you, you do this, and you see the blessings that will flow into your life because of your commitment to me. When you are committed to serve me, I will open the floodgates of heaven for you. There's a commitment. Number three, to a lot. What does it mean a lot? It means God begins to share that which we never had when we were in the world. Now, God. ...brings it forth and shares it with us. I want you to notice the element of this covenant God made. I want you to see the element of the covenant that God makes. Number one is the element of God's promise. You see God's promise here. If you look in verse 3, keep your Bibles open to verse 3. It says, I will make. You see that word? Underline that word. I will make. That means, I will make thee into a great nation. God makes a covenant. I will make. The same covenant is for you. Now look at this. I want you to compare two words. Here God is telling Abraham, I will make, but let us turn one chapter before and look at chapter 11. Look at chapter 11 and look at verse 4. There was another thing of I will make. Chapter 11, verse 4. It says, let us make for ourselves. You see that? Most people are concerned about what they will make of themselves Instead of what God will make out of them. You got the difference? Be very careful what you are making out of yourself. It will fall and it will crumble one day. But make sure what God makes of you with this covenant. Amen. God promised Abraham some rewards of faith into the unknown. What is the reward of God's covenant? He says, If you follow, these are my rewards. Number one, that I will make of him a great nation. Number two, I will bless him and make his name great. Can you imagine the blessing that it is not only to Abraham, but also to his seed, and that is to you and me? Amen? Amen. Now, let us apply this to ourselves, The God's promise, even though it was for the nation, we can take a spiritual application of this. And let us look at what the spiritual application So, by faith... We will part in the spiritual application of this seed. God's blessing is for our obedience. When our obedience is totally unto God, I want to show you a scripture. Turn to two Corinthians chapter one and look at verse twenty. What is the blessing for our obedience in God? When we learn to obey God totally, not partly, not ninety nine percent. Two Corinthians verse 1, verse, uh, chapter one verse twenty. For all the prophets. All the promises. Can you underline that word for all the
1: promises of God in hmm. him? In him in who?
0: In Christ. When you are in
2: Christ,
0: all the promises are for you, and God says what's the next word. Ah uh, yes. Ah uh, yes. And Amen? And in
2: him.
0: Unto the glory of God, not, not unto your glory, but it's unto the glory of God. All God's promises, when you are in Christ, are yes and amen. Amen. You got that? If God has given you a promise, you can bank on it. I am talking about God's word in the promise. I am not talking about some pastor coming and prophesying some nonsense to you. When you do not know that man's life. That man's life is chaotic. And he promises over you, you take that and you walk about and then you wonder why your life is in a mess. You take God's promises from God's word. Amen? Amen? Be careful from who you listen to promises played on you. You know that man. You know his lifestyle. Yes, he might be speaking the word of God. But still, it is God's word above everything else. Amen? Amen. The second one. The element of God's covenant. The element of God's Purpose. What is God's purpose in His covenant with you and me? God has got a purpose, and look, just look at verse two. It says, "And thou shalt be a blessing. Thou shalt be a blessing." Now, look at verse three. In thee, all families of the earth will be blessed. So, God wants you wants you to be a blessing to the people around you. Amen. God did not put us here to occupy space just because few chairs are there. God didn't bring you here to just occupy chairs, but He wants you to be a blessing to the church, to the people around you, so that you can help one another. The next element of God's covenant, the third element is the element of God's protection. Let us see God's protection here. It says in verse 3, I will bless them that bless you and Curse them that curse you. Here's the scripture. God promised divine protection unto Abraham and his seed. That he would bless those who bless him and curse those who curses him. That means God is saying that, listen, I will protect you. Now, there's another side to look at the scripture. But this does not mean that God will not use the Eden nations to, to separate you or to drive you away. Or you will not use the Eden nations to temporarily cause you to fall. I will show you a scripture now. Many people think, okay, this is, this is God's promise and they will do all the nonsense. In, in, in the Bible, if you read Kings, every time God's people rebelled against him. In idolatry, adultery, God always sent the heathen nations to, to chastise them. When you go home, read uh, Romans chapter 11 verses 13 to 25 and you will find out what God does to us when we live in rebellion towards this word. When we are not willing to obey Him. When you go home, read Romans chapter 11 verses 13 to 25. Romans 11, 13 to 25 and you will find what I am talking to you. God sometimes uses the eathen nations to chastise His people when they live in sin. My third point... The commitment of faith. What is the commitment of faith? Verses 4, 5, and 9. We look at verse 4, 5, and 9. Since we have already read it, let us not read it because of time. We are going to look at verse 4, verse 5, and verse 9. What does faith do to us? Now the question is, what does faith do to you and me? We have to understand that. Number one, number one, what faith does to you and me? Faith brings us out. Look, look at verse 4. Abraham departed. You seen that? When you have faith, the first thing God does to you, God moves you out. Abraham left uh, and turned his back on everything that he knew. He left his comfort zone. Now, I want, you to, sh- I want to show you something. He had faith that God, would, number one, will help him and God will help will take him through that process. Abraham had the faith that God is going to help me in this journey. And God is going to take me through this process. Number two, he had faith that God will direct his steps. And in each stage of his life, God will lead him. That's the second thing that Abraham had faith in God. Now, Abraham had faith that was willing to accept and embrace God's call and on his life with total obedience. Total obedience. Not partial obedience, but total obedience. I want to show you something. We've seen earlier, Abraham was already 75 years old. And surely this change would have not been easy for him. Because change means change of direction. Just imagine if you had a child... Especially for us who got teenage chil- children. If your teenage son or daughter comes to you tomorrow and says, Daddy, it's enough of this work that I'm doing. I want to follow God. I want to go and be a missionary. What will be your answer? Tomorrow your son, you know your son is doing very well. Your son is settled wonderfully and you know that he's going to do very well. But suddenly that child comes to you and says, Daddy, I want to go. Will you let go of that child? Or will you tell him or tell her, My son, God has given you everything you wanted. Do you know how much Papa and Mama worked for you to come up? Do you know the sacrifice we made for you? Do you know blah, 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 blah? You will give him a message, two hour message. And yet that person says, Dad, I want to go serve him. Imagine how it will be. Will you be willing to release that child? If that son comes to you tomorrow and say, I want to go serve him. We had a youth three years ago with us in ng for c And one day he says, Angry Claudie, while I was doing a counseling session, he says, I'm going. And I said, where? He says, God has called me to serve him. Never waited. He was doing very well. Not married, nothing. He left everything. And he went to India to serve God. His parents, just think, let us be natural, okay? Let us not have this halo around our head now. Just think what the pain the parents would have gone through. Bringing up this child, sending him to Gulf, knowing that he is going to come and provide meals for them. He is going to give them a house. They had dreams that that child will build them a house. They had dreams that that son is going to be there when they die. But they never knew where God was calling that child. He left his comfort zone and he went Are you willing to leave your comfort zone if God calls you? Leave your children. Sometimes you may not have the heart. You say, go, I'm fed up of you. Better if God calls you. God will chastise you. I cannot chastise you. You're gone big enough. Go, let God deal with you. I want to ask you, are you willing to let go of your child if your child comes and says, Daddy, I'm going to serve God. Living a life of faith will always require a change of life. If you say, I have faith, I will say, Show me the change of your life. Faith brings us out. Number two, faith brings us in. Faith brings us out. It brings us in. Look at verse 5. Abraham's entrance. Turn quickly to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 23. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Very important scripture. Chapter
1: what?
0: 6, verse 23.
1: And he brought us out from them.
0: One minute, and he brought us out. See that, marked Brought us out from then, then? Uh, then.
1: that he might bring us in.
0: Now see, he brought us out, and now what he's doing? He's bringing us in. Look at God; he's very funny, huh? Eh? He brings us out. He brings us in. To
1: give us the land, which is where. But I whenever
0: he does that, he's always going to bless you. Amen. 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 Now, this was Abraham's land by promise. If Abraham had never left Aaron, he would not have faced God's promise. I am convinced that many Christians never enjoy God's blessing to have a deeper walk with him because they never take the first step of faith. They are not committed. They start very well. Very beautiful beginning. Great beginning. But somewhere down the line, they fall off the track. They are not committed to follow God till the last call or till the last breath. They are not willing to say, God, I will commit myself no matter what happens. I will go with you. Now, look at the third point. We've seen faith brings us out. We've seen that faith brings us in. Now, let us see what faith does. Faith brings us on. In in verse 9, it says, Abraham continued his journey. Have you seen that? He continued. Many of believers don't have this third stage. We come out, we come in, but we do not have the third stage of continuing. Somewhere down the line, the enemy gets you. Through various situations, he hits you so that you do not continue this journey. In order for continuing the journey, I want to show you five steps To show you what faith, faith is an action word. Number one we see, just put the slides quickly brother. Verse four it says, he departed. We don't read the verse. Number verse four he says, he departed. Verse five says, he went forth. Verse six says, he passed through. Verse eight says, he removed. That means he kept moving on. And verse nine says, and he journeyed. You have to look at yourself and say, where are you right now in these five areas? Only you can say, have you departed? Have you gone forth? Now, are you passing through? Or have you moved to a different level of what God has called you? Are you still journeying? Somewhere down this line... The enemy keeps his weapons to hit you so that you will not accomplish this last five. You, only you, you will know. Where are you? Don't have false hope and false faith and say, I have passed even level five. If you pass level five, we will, be sing, we will sing what song we we'll say, God be with you till we meet again. You understand? This level five is over, your mission on earth is over, God is taking you home. Because you say, well done my good and faithful servant, you have accomplished your examination. Now, my last point. We've seen the call of faith, number one. We've seen the covenant of faith, number two. We've seen the commitment of faith, number three. And the fourth point and closing point is the confirmation of faith. The confirmation of faith. If you are sleeping, say hallelujah. Ah, yes. Normally, it used to be only one. Now half of you are sleeping. I will better sing God be with you till we meet again. You know, teaching is very hard. you know that? Teaching is the worst thing in 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 church. You know why? Because you have to be line in line with this man. It's not easy. The devil doesn't want you to learn God's word. If I, if I speak a message of vibrant and dancing and all that, you will go back. What a beautiful message that is. The man just danced, his word was eloquent, beautiful. But when it's teaching, the enemy says, lullaby, sleep baby. It's a nice word. Please, tell your neighbor, let us be awake. We need to be on the journey. This is a very important message. If you sleep now, he will put you to sleep forever. And I pray that will not be a portion in Jesus' name. Amen. The confirmation of faith, verses 6 to 7. Yes, brother. Verses 6 to 7. And, closing. Yes. And Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Sheshem, hmm.
1: unto the plain of Moreh, hmm. and the Canaanite was then in the land. Hmm. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham hmm. and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. Amen. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord. Amen. So Thank appeared you. The
0: Canaanites were still in the land That God said to Abraham, I'm going to give you. You see this now. When Abraham has seen them, I want you to think from Abraham's point of view. Not Pastor Abraham, Big Daddy Abraham. Okay, from his point of view, when he's seen the Canaanites, I'm sure you would have had fear. Just Just think for a minute, from Nigeria and from India, from wherever you are, from Australia, Canada, wherever you are. God said, I'm going to send you to Oman. Go to Oman. And you are going to inherit the land and you first thing you see is Silvan Kabu sitting down there. You think you are going to inherit the land? You say, Lord, what is this? Whose voice is this now? This is not God's voice. So, Abraham, God had to now reconfirm his promise to Abraham. He knew that Abraham was in a situation. He's come to this foreign land. He's seeing these people there. Fear has gripped him. I need to go back to Abraham again. I need to confirm my word with Abraham. So that Abraham will not be afraid of the people of that land. And that's the reason the reconfirmation came to Abraham. One more time. I'm going to give you this land. Amen. And I believe that God will only confirm... What he has said when we conform to what he has said. Let me say that again. God will only confirm what he said when we conform to what he has said. This confirmation comes only by obedience. In faith, when we move, Abraham built an altar. Amen? When God confirms his word... It caused Abraham to do something. Every time when God confirms his word, if you are walking in line with God, you will begin to do something. I am going to show you what you will begin to do. Number one, you will begin, we will worship God. Look at that word. We will worship God. Abraham built an altar in honor of God. Altar is a place of worship. The altar is where our lives are altered. When we fall on the altar, our lives are altered automatically. I believe when Abraham was worshipping God, definitely as he was journeying, every step of his journey, his life was altered one day at a time. Every time we encounter God's presence, we should bring a response of worship and an altar should be built there. It is all about him and not about us. We sang that song actually earlier. It's a place of worship when we receive strength to continue on the journey. And as you constantly learn to build an altar to God, when I say an altar to God, basically I'm saying as you continue to begin worship unto God. Every time that you're walking with God and you're in a situation, the first thing that you should do, you should begin to worship God. That's the reason Abraham built an altar, because he worshiped God. So every time you're in a situation, and as you're walking this journey of faith, learn to build an altar, basically be a worshiper of God, and it's all about God. Number two, you will be able to say at that time when you build an altar to God, then My soul, my My Savior Savior God God
2: to thee. thee. You will be able to say,
0: How great! How How great thou Thou art! Even in the bad
1: situation, how 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 great thou art! You will be able to say, Ten things, Ten things, My my soul, my Savior Savior God.
2: How How great great Thou art art. For the last time How How great Thou art
0: That will be your response In every part of your journey You will be all about God Nothing about you You will be over It's about Him My last point We will be a witness for God Have you seen that? We will be a witness to God. And if you see very very carefully, the Canaanites were in the land. Even though the Canaanites were there, Abraham built an altar. What does that tell you? Abraham was not ashamed to announce to the people that he was serving a true and a living God. Your altar in your office will be your life. A sweet aroma of praise unto God. That people will say, there is a man who is different. Abraham, God is looking for true worshippers. Now, what is true worship? We heard it the previous week. Pastor Lakin was talking to us. What is true worship? I will give you the meaning of true worship. John chapter 4, verses 9 to 24. John chapter 4, verses 9 to 24. The woman said to him, mm. Sir, quick, brother. I wow. perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers
1: worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. Mm. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must
0: worship in spirit, spirit and in truth. truth. Amen. This scripture is full about worship, actually. I just want to point two or three uh, points on the closing of my journey of faith. The first two are the time and the location. At the scripture that we see, this Samaritan woman was concerned about the time. This woman was concerned about the location of worship. She said that the Samaritans worshipped on this mountain. You Jews worship at Jerusalem. Jesus had to correct the statement. And he said, Woman, it's not about time and the place. It's about the quality of worship. Jesus says, The hour has come. And now when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. In other words, It is worship that comes from a deep heart, from your spirit, from a sincere heart, and that is led by the Holy Spirit alone. True worship can take place anytime, any place, as long as that true worship comes from an honest and sincere heart that brings glory to God and to God alone. Amen. For my conclusion, can I have the last slide up? For my conclusion, I want to recap and see. What we have just seen today. Number one, we've seen the journey of faith starts with the call of faith. Number two, as God calls, we follow in faith and obedience. Number three, in this journey of faith, God enters into a covenant with us to give us what we need. Not what we want. Be careful of that. What we need to make this journey. The next, there will be a time during this journey of our faith that God... Will confirm His word. God will confirm His word. Amen. To make us worship Him. And to be a witness unto Him. The next. It will be a commitment of faith from us. To make this journey last. A commitment of faith that brings us out. Brings us in. And brings us on the completion of our journey. Amen. Amen. Can we stand to our feet. We'll sing the song. We give thanks. We give praise.
2: For all you've done, for all you're going to do, we give you life and we we'll live the way to you. our hands before God. We give praise for we know that all things work together for our good.
3: heard, I hope attentively, I hope with a receptive heart, and I hope with understanding that you are on a journey of faith. Now, wherever you are on that journey of faith, maybe for some it is starting right now. Maybe for some you have been on that journey of faith for a period of time, maybe for some you have been on this journey of faith for a long time. Wherever you are in that journey of faith, pray, pray right now that you will not be sidetracked. You will not step out from that path on that journey of faith. It's very easy to be sidetracked. There are a lot of beautiful attractions that can sidetrack you. Talk to God. If there's one thing you need to talk to God today, it is just to tell Him, I don't want to be sidetracked. My journey of faith is all about you, and I want to be on that path. And let me ask you a question at this point. What is God asking of you today? And you are battling Him. God is asking you to do something in faith. God is asking you to let go of something in faith. And you are battling Him. You want to have... A seminar with God. This is not the time. Romans chapter 9 verse 30. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone. The challenge for us today is this. Are we walking by faith or are we walking by sight? It's not about the language we use. It's not about raising our hands. It's not about saying, Praise you, God. The question simply is, Are we walking by faith or by sight? Every one of us here can fool every other person in this hall. It doesn't matter. What matters is you and God, me and God. Where am I on this journey of faith? Let's just talk to God, let's just tell God that we want to focus on Him and Him alone. We don't want to be sidetracked. We need to separate ourselves from the things of this world. We need to learn to serve God first and then we need to learn to serve our neighbor next. We need to do this faithfully. We need to learn to be committed. To God. God's just telling us, I'm here. I've always been here for you. Just look to me. Father God, we just want to say thank you once again, Lord. Because once again you have revealed to us your heart's desire, Lord Father. That you want us to live focusing on you, Lord Father. You want us to live by faith, Lord Father unquestioning faith. Faith that does not doubt. But just to trust you in every situation of our life, Lord Father. Father God, so often we have failed you, Lord. So often we have fallen away, Lord Father. But thank you, Lord, that you have not given upon us, Lord. You are still teaching us. And Father God, for that we are grateful. And we ask, Lord, today that every one of us who has heard your word today, would cherish this journey of faith that we are on, Lord Father. Father God, we will not be casual in our attitude. We will not be casual in our thinking. But we will know that it is you drawing us closer, Lord Father. Father, thank you, Lord Father, for your servant whom you have used this day. Thank you for the word that you gave him which he brought across to us so powerfully, Lord. We pray, Lord, that more of your anointing will be poured upon him and his family, Lord, Father. Bless them as a family, Lord, Father. Every desire of your heart, Lord, Father, we commit into your hands. As they come to you in faith, you will meet it, Lord, Father. Father, we commit every one of us into your hands, Lord. And we ask, Lord, Father God, that our walk on this earth will not be by sight, but it will be by faith. We give all glory to you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.